Are you still interested? You know what? I'm I'm not I'm not interested. I like that property, but I'm not interested in living in Lakewood. Okay, no. I'm not interested right now in living in Colorado. Ooh, oh, she getting wrapped up. Real sanctimonious <laughs> in our government and and our employees. <laughs> so I'm go young. ahead, angry lady, speak on it. My house fixed up. I'm going to sell and I'm leaving the stake. Nothing to be sorry about. Okay, no worries. But thank you and have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Okay. Yeah, I quit my job too, Howard. I'd be like, I'm out. (laughs) On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about how to be successful in business with a gentleman that has had two successful exits. And more importantly, we talked about artificial intelligence that they are developing. And we listened to a live conversation with AI voice and a real buyer. It's going to be an incredible show. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Twiggins, along with my co-host, the crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. My friend, tell us about Howard Tega, the CEO and co-founder of Y Lopo, and this conversation, which freaked me out. It was bananas. Like crazy, crazy. This one was nuts. So he gave us a lot of nuggets that he learned over his years being a serial entrepreneur in and several outside exits. of residential. Yeah, several, several exits. exits. Yep. Great uh, wealth of knowledge for how to run a business really well. Uh, everything from don't work for a-holes, uh, knowing what you suck at, uh, <laughs> how early success can hamstring you. And then we went into AI and voice AI specifically. And that they're developing. It is crazy. Uh, you will hear in the pod a, co- a recording of an AI conversation with a with an online lead, and it is going to excite you slash freak you out slash blow your mind. So mm-hmm. this one, just hit play, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And grab a cocktail. Fr- you will want one on the show. Yeah, enjoy the freaky experience because it's bananas. Yeah. Howard, welcome to the show. Uh, we are. And Keith and I have been talking about how excited we are to have you on the show because we're going to talk about some weird shit today. Yeah. Uh, Do we even know? Is, is that Howard or is that AI Howard? I don't is know. Is that AI Howard? Or yeah. Could be. Good he one. might be golfing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's start for the viewers and listeners. Give them uh, a little bit about your background because you have been in this industry for quite some time and had a lot, a lot of successful ventures. So let's start there and then we'll dive into some rapid fire questions to get them to know you a little bit. So awesome. Well, I was born in Long oh, here we go. Long Island. <laughs> go ahead and hit it, hit advance Long a couple Island. times, audience. Hit it. Cutting their lawns and the black socks. <laughs> anyway, love Long Island. Grew up on the East Coast, baby. Uh, and uh, first job was out in California. Brought me to California. Never went back. Man, you can actually play beach volleyball in February. <laughs> I wasn't going back. Not today. Uh, basically, yeah. uh, I learned in my first job out of school that I had like not one bad boss. Like I had a like ladder of Layers. bosses that I couldn't stand. I have a <laughs> laddered bosses of like who were all assholes. Uh, and I was just like, you know, that alarm clock would go off and I'm like, fuck, you know, like gonna... <laughs> you want it unfiltered, James. You're going to get unfiltered. I love it. Li- start every- early. So, Everybody listening knows exactly what you mean right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, you know, I just kind of did that whole thing of like, I, you know, I could list off all the things in life I didn't want to do. I just had no idea what I wanted to do. 
So my dad gave me like this great piece of advice. I remember exactly where I was talking to him. And he was like, I don't know, like go like find the, go visit the guys that you went to school with, played rugby with, like see what they're doing. Maybe someone's doing something that you like, right? And I said, I literally flew out to Boston and these guys, and I, I had like no life for two years. I'm literally in this ivory tower, you know, 34th floor, wearing a suit all day. Um, and I just had no life at all. It was like the expression mm. of that place was, if you're not working here on Sundays, you're not working here at all. Like that was like literally my life. And I was young, right? I'm like 22. Yeah. It's not where you want to be, you know, 22. So I go out there and these guys are like having a life. Like they're running a business out of their home and they got girlfriends and they're on a softball team. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, you're on a softball team? How right? do you have time for a softball team? Well, right. I did yeah. it, right? So, so um, <laughs> they basically, these guys like turned down Wall Street jobs and they did what they were loving doing when they were in college, which they were tutoring kids in college. And they decided to open up a tutoring business in Boston and they were doing some test prep. And I was like, shit, I could do that because I had no money. It really didn't have any money, right? So I was like, <laughs> and, it, and it, look, I'm old, right? So like, it's a long time ago. Nowadays, 22-year-old can run around with a Stanford degree and a PowerPoint and raise 6 million bucks on an $18 million pre, right? I mean, like, that didn't exist. I didn't know what that was, right? I'm like, okay, I got to eat. I got to like try and start a business. So, he sounds like a realtor. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going right. to get into this thing for or, freedom. So or he sounds like every 22 year old ever, right? right? Like all we want is corn dogs, some free time and some change in our pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, I picked corn dogs. Back then it was like top ramen noodles and dollar burritos. Like that's it. That was like, you know, there were no vegetables that ever hit my gut. Yeah. But anyway, so like I did something actually pretty smart, uh, pat myself on the back, which is I looked for a partner who was strong in all the areas I was weak in. And so as a young person, because I counsel a lot of young entrepreneurs, that's hard, right? To just have a, like, look yourself in the mirror and say, you're good at that. You suck at this. You suck at this. Mm. You suck at this. And it's easy to go find your buddy. Like you're both like good at that, but then that business is not going to go anywhere. Right. So I, sure. I, found, I found someone, we did start like a test prep and tutoring company in California, could not afford both an office and an apartment. So we ran it out of our apartment we couldn't afford any employees. So we did freaking everything. Right. And long story short, like we had that business for a long time. We became the largest, you know, sort of individual tutoring and test prep company west of the Mississippi. We sold it to Silver Learning Systems. I sold it to a public company. And to my detriment, I got successful too young, mm -hmm. if you know what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. so I, I didn't think my shit stunk. And that led to whole kinds of host of problems. Right. But but that was my first sort of entrepreneurial gig. Um, cutting to the chase. It was, it was a nice little exit, a couple of guys that owned it, no one else, no debt, no other owners, nice little exit, um, had some dough. And then from there, kind of, you know, again, not to bore you with the details, but the most important thing in my life happened, which I hit rock bottom. So kind of you like, boom, do that too early. And then you think your shit doesn't stink. And then you find you know, yourself and God and everything else. And you get humble. And I went through like a lot of hell for, for a while. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because every day I literally wake up and, you know, I'm just thankful. Like, I'm just mm. thankful because I, but I would like, I, you have to be in that place to then wake up and be thankful. Right. Yeah. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so zigged and zagged and did this and did that. Um, and, you know, finally kind of dusted myself off one day and said, you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I went and actually got a job, which I, I'm not like I'm a serial entrepreneur owner, but I did it just to 
get out of the freaking house. And mm -hmm. I, I became like a chief strategy officer of a tech company. They didn't listen to my advice at all, which was kind of interesting because I was the chief strategy officer. <laughs> so, yeah. You can relate to that. No, yeah. I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Howard. <laughs> so that, 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 that was just good to kind of jumpstart me. And then I started like a couple of things. And I was at this place in my career where it was like, one was a swing for the fences, this mm. tech company out of New York. And one was going to be just a solid double. Like I knew it. I knew it in the belly. And that's what got me into real estate and real estate mm. technology. I had done a bunch of stuff in real estate, always been fascinated by real estate. Even back in college, I took courses in like real estate. So I always, always had a thing, like this love affair with real estate. And um, it's both like my job and my hobby. And I can talk about the differences, but, but I ended up really going more all in just because where my life was in not swinging for the fences on this grand slam with technology that's now all over the place. But then it was kind of too early, like wasn't mm -hmm. ready. Like, you know, the market wasn't ready for it. So, and that, and that double, that solid double was Tiger Lead Solutions, which some of you might've heard of. And so I was a founder and CEO. Again, I repeated history by, you know, there was a technologist that brought this thing to me and he was like working with his brother in a brokerage and didn't really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Came to me for quote unquote advice. I think he was really like in his programmer way, testing the waters. Like, would I partner with him? Mm -hmm. And I did partner with him. I did a bunch of research, really important. Like I spent a month doing due diligence to find out, was there a great need for this tech? And my sure. conclusion after a month was, holy shit. Like there's a great <laughs> need for this, this tech and yeah. it's really cool new tech. Um, so again, repeated history. And I said to the, to the guy that brought it to me, I said, we own 50, 50. How'd you like to dilute to 25, 25? And we bring on two other guys that I know who round us out because he and I together wouldn't have done it. Like we needed these two other guys to fill in. Cause this was going to be a bigger thing than the last thing. Right. But there's a learning lesson here, by the way, that I'm, I'm catching a theme, which I think is, is something people forget is, you're, you've said this twice now, you need to figure out what you're good at and what you're not, and yeah. then, and really pay attention to that and go, how do you bring in really smart people that are better at this? You take less, but you're actually going to get more long run because you're, you've got, you're surrounding yourself with, with really great talent. By the way, our industry is sucks at that. Like yeah. you look at, you look at these really successful agents that are so good at like the people part of it, but they're horrible operators and, and the, the, the ones that do really well know how to divvy that like i'm really good at the people part and you're really good at the operations part let's build this thing together and those become really successful entities i just picked you well, said this I, twice I, now and like yeah and and yeah. another component to that is it requires you to not be greedy right because yeah. everyone does the math on you, know, you can't help it right you're at the back of the envelope like oh if this exits for blank i'm gonna make blank and then if we bring in two more people that number changes quick right? If there's four instead of two or two and one instead of four, but the likelihood for success goes up if you can have a full suite of talent, right? And your quality of life goes up yeah. because it's not just all on you and your buddy, right? Like you have the opportunity to share the load and you have people working in their greatness as opposed to you being great at part of it, but sort of being terrible at some other portion of it. It's really wise. No one that knows me or works for me would ever accuse me of being humble. 
Like, I just don't come across as humble, right? <laughs> I come across with a lot of oomph, a lot of bravado. I get that. I've learned that, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we, we have to, like, learn how other people perceive us, right? Mm -hmm. Intimidating, all that kind of stuff. But I can tell you that had, you know, and I'm on, like, my third successful company now, but had it been me, myself, and I, I'd have three failures. Four right. score. No freaking way. I can do it by myself. Yeah. You know, I always surround myself with people who are infinitely smarter than me in lots of other areas. Like that's yeah. just it, right? So you're right, like that math. And I and I do love now to counsel young entrepreneurs because they, you know, we I didn't know what I didn't know when I was a young entrepreneur, right? We kind mm -hmm. of we kind of hopefully keep getting there, keep learning. And it's interesting, Keith, like it actually works both ways. So on the one hand, you do have to say, folks, like, hey, man, like 50% of something that's worth, you know, $100,000 is 50 grand. And right. percent of something that's worth $100 million is 25 million. Do the math. Right, right, right. But when you're counseling them, I've seen the opposite, too, where they're just so foolish. There was like, yeah, this like attorney is a friend of my dad's. And he's like, yeah. great. And he said he could do all of it. And we gave him 20%. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, but yeah. I've seen them overly dilute too because they don't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. Where you know, eventually they could have a $350 million company, but they own so little because they gave so much away, right? Mm, right. So it's kind of like that fine art, right? Of just kind of, yeah, like making right decisions, you know. So, anyway, um, so, so you sold to move, I remember correctly, Tiger yeah, Leads, correct? Yep. And then you went there for a bit. I'm assuming some sort of contract you had to stay with them for a bit. And then you formed Ylopo, which has been your really a, a very successful venture as well. And you've been doing that for is it 10 years now, roughly? Yeah, oh. if you don't mind, like let me comment on that for a second because yeah. think about a go against the grain, doesn't like authority, serial entrepreneur who two times <laughs> had to go work for a public company. <laughs> yeah a good thing or bad thing well you know i look at it as part of like you know take your beating right but but it's part of that learning the learning was amazing both mm. times i didn't know anything about digital marketing until i went to work for the first public company mm -hmm. and there was a there was like most of the vps were awful and just scared about losing their jobs and couldn't make an innovative decision if they tried to. There was one young VP who was the head of this new thing at the time, which was internet marketing. And the guy was brilliant. He was brilliant, right? He was yeah. a really smart motherfucker. So who did I spend time with? I spent time with that him. That guy. Yeah. That my career. You know, with Realtor.com, you know, when I was brought in, that kind of group that was there at the time was actually super cool. And that allowed me to be kind of like an intrapreneur there. Mm -hmm. And we were like the fastest growing division in the first year. So so it was like actually a pretty cool experience. And I, I learned a lot there, too. So so we're just like, you know, from the bad experiences, we learned so much more from yeah. the easy shit. So anyway, so yeah. so one of the guys I had hired in my digital marketing department, Jufeng G, I call him G Money because he's made me a lot of money. <laughs> and he's <not> <laughs> Um, so he, he basically came on and we hired him, even though he told us in the interviews, like, he's like, look, I want to own an NBA team one day. And I'm not, he's probably gonna kill me for saying this. He's like, yeah. you know, he's like, I'll be your employee for two years, but I'm just telling you, like, I'm just trying to get out of New York. It's a bad situation. And I'll, I'll, I'll kill myself for you guys for two years, but you don't have me longer than that. Normally you don't hire someone like that. Right. But my partners and I decided like the guy's so talented. If we only get him for two years. It's like, okay, I had Shohei Otani for sure. two years, right? Right, yeah. right, right. So um, 
He stayed longer than that. Um, when we did get acquired, uh, he did move on after a while, traveled the world, found himself, came back to me while I was still at Realtor and said, hey, I've got this idea for this thing called Ylopo. I'm like, Ylopo? He's like, yeah, last five letters of the word Monopoly, spelled backwards. So I'm like, oh, okay, obviously. What the fuck yeah, is this right? <laughs> Obviously. Totally. Everybody yeah. would have figured that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no explanation needed. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, of course, in the back of my head, I always knew like this was the one employee um, who actually I shouldn't say that that happened once before um, who I did partner with. But but this was this was a time where there was an employee who I just registered me like, my God, it would be a privilege to be a co-owner with him. Because he is like he is an owner, He's right? That like, talent, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So um, he came to me, and I was like, "Well, you know, um, what is this thing? And you know, what are we doing here?" And he explained it, and it was like an amazing vision. It was super cool. It made total sense. And um, we we did start that company, and like in like two years later, after kind of slogging it around and zigging and zagging. I'm proud to say that we've grown this really, really successful company, and it's nothing that he explained in the first vision statement. <laughs> so here's the note, kids. Here's the note. It's never a straight line in business, right? Yeah. Like it never, ever, ever. You you have the chart, you have the whiteboard, you have the screenshot of the whiteboard so that someday you can put it in the freaking museum, right? But it never ever is a straight line. <laughs> and the solution for that is talent. If you have the right talent. You can navigate your way. Yeah, you'll navigate your way through, but it's never a straight line. I, I think also the biggest thing is just, it's just that dog-headed resilience. Yeah. Like you just can't fold no matter what. And yeah. we almost lost this company four distinct times of literally gone, right? Um, we did raise a little bit of investor money. A lot of these guys were my friends. I'd never taken investor money in any prior company before. And I literally couldn't sleep at night. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. sleep. Imagine losing, you know, 50 cents on the dollar, 20, you know, or, or 75 cents on the dollar. For everybody, for, you know, who mm -hmm. believed in you, who were like, they were yep. passing my door to invest with me. And so, so you just, yeah, you just basically have to iterate and you've got to pivot. And, you know, as an analogy, or like Google, when they started, they didn't know pay-per-click wasn't even a thing, right? Right, like, right. You know, right. so they, they yeah. kind of found it, right? So we found we found our way and it took took two years um to find that way. You know, it's interesting to comment and and then I want to talk about I want to get into this AI stuff you guys are doing because it's pretty cool. Um kind of crazy. It's actually a little freaky. Uh yeah. it, it's it's so interesting to me when I talk with people about like what's the what's the key to success in you know in business and I, I always come back to this one thing i'm like you're going to get faced multiple times every entrepreneur i've ever talked to or interviewed you're going to face multiple times where your business is about to implode like it's going to go under and the only way that it will continue is through sheer fucking grit like just absolute <laughs> relentless. I'm not giving up. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to beg, borrow and steal. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this thing through. And people who do that are the ones that come out typically the other side and build this amazing organization. And it usually requires a pivot to your comment, kind of tying the two. You Investors are like, so what's the, what's the plan on this five years? Five years, give me a break. Like yeah. it, we have an idea. We think we know where it's gonna go. And whatever I tell you is not gonna be what it's gonna look like in 24 months. Like there's just no way. 
But most of the time, they're looking for that individual that is, is willing to give whatever amount of energy, time, and effort it takes to get to a finish line. And those are the people that succeed and do these big exits. They just, you know nothing will stop them. They just yeah. will not give up. It's Relax. Elon Musk sleeping on the sh on the floor of Tesla's factory, you know, literally had not even having a couch and they almost lost it. And now it's the most it's the, the most valuable automotive yeah, company in the world. Was, it's such a cliche, but like all three times um, failure was not an option. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's first, not an option. It's just yeah. not, like my first time, you know, I literally had to read like. Uh, Grisham books just to put myself to sleep. I had so much anxiety. I had to get lost in some like crime yeah. detective thing, uh -huh. just to literally try and fall asleep. Like I, I you're like, you know, so you have to be real. And that doesn't go away by the way, like no. people, and you know this, like I'm not, haven't done the stuff that you've done, but we've done well. And like, it doesn't change. You're no. the amount you make more money, but the anxiety is still there. And that pressure is still there all the way up. Like it just is. Like on the, first two, on the first two companies, which again, we had successful exits, both sold to public companies, both of them, my back was against the wall in all respects. I would tell you if it wasn't, like it was both times because, mm. you know, the first time, like I had to eat, literally I had to eat, you know? <laughs> and the second time, like I had young kids and remember I had done this, right? And like, it was economic survival for me and my family. So now I even got more mouths to feed, right? right. And you know, the, you know, and then the third time it was the weight of the world on my shoulders because I had friends of mine who had put in their hard earned money into this company. And then I just think, you, you know, it's also just, it's in your DNA or it's not like this right. failure is not an option. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, you just yeah, can't yeah. fold and you just got to find your way out and be super creative. And then, you know, this, 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 I failed so many times, but those failures just become learning experiences. So then ultimately they're not failures. Right. Yeah, yeah, sometimes to tie that to... back to the agent just for a second, right? The the agent that goes in dining rooms, conference rooms, living rooms, right? If they would have that level of stick to with the business concept, because the analogy that I always use, if you've ever seen a squirrel run across the road, right? And they never make it. They get smushed because they keep stopping, starting something new, going back to the other thing. Like pivots don't mean punting. It means a tweak, an adjustment, a change, right? And agents will start with, I don't know, online leads, right? They'll be like, oh, this is my jam. I'm going to do online leads. And then they don't follow up. They don't follow through. And then they're like, yeah, forget online leads. Those are stupid. They're dumb leads anyway. I'm going to go do open house, right? And then, yeah, right. Or I'm going to start a geographical farm. And instead of sticking with one thing and pivoting inside of that one thing to get better, they just keep shifting to a new thing, the shiny object syndrome. And I think that happens in business too. I think it's a pivot doesn't mean 180 degrees. It might be a nine degree pivot, a 15 degree pivot. You're still in your core fundamental business. You're just doing it a little different or a little better. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, look, honestly, not everyone's cut out to be an agent. Like yeah. it, it's a hard job. I mean, I live with an agent. Um, you know, my wife's an agent, my son's an agent. I live in the lab, which is cool because I service agents. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not for everybody and it's very entrepreneurial. You need to be entrepreneurial. You need to be creative. Like I remember, uh, you guys know Gary Ashton, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a good yeah. friend. Yeah. He really runs like one of the largest, if not the largest team in the world. Right. And yeah. 
Okay. He came yeah. and visited me. <laughs> he brought his brought a couple of his dogs, which ruined my fucking house. But anyway, brought a couple of his dogs. He listens to this podcast regularly, <laughs> so he will now hear that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm still guys, I'm still working up a bill. I'm gonna send them. So yeah. anyway, so he brought his dogs to the dog park here in this community. And this is a pretty well-heeled community. And he came back and he said, he said, he said in that fine British accent, he's like, Howard, if I lived here, I'd bring my dogs to that dog park every day. And I would get so much business. I mean, he just talked <laughs> to everybody, right? And he, he knew it. He knew it in his, the kernel God. of his, mm. he's such a creative, so right? He took risks mm. that not everyone took. He was on the forefront of, you know, on online leads. He was on the forefront of billboards. He took risks, right? And, but he's creative and he has this mm. gut of like, what's going to work and what's not going to work. I have no doubt that if this dude was starting in the desert, he'd go to the dog park twice a day. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah. He'd yeah. also own the real estate market in like basically six months. He'd figure right. out how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so like how many folks do like just, yeah. How many folks just, yeah. Anyway. So you guys get it. Well, yeah. I want to, I want to move into this because I think it's not, a, it's not a pivot, but it is a good kind of analogy <laughs> with why Lopo you know, doing lead gen and a lot of things. And you guys have really moved into this sort of world of, of AI. Um, and it's certainly a talk we've had with, with quite a few guests, but not to the degree we're going to have with you because you guys are creating some really amazing stuff. I want to start with just a few things because I don't, our, our viewers and listeners, they're kind of run the gamut of executives of companies and all the way down to agents. Um, so let's start. Can you give us like a little bit of background? Like there's different types of AI. Can you talk about that? Because I, I hear like generative AI and I'm it's about as far as I'm going to go with it. Well, there's um, yeah, generative, there's voice. They're all generative, I guess. But I'll let Howard answer. Go ahead. Yeah. So look, um, you're going to get you know, much better answers on this from you know MIT professors of AI. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you kind of how, because everyone breaks it down sort of differently. I think the reason why um, I get a lot of people coming up to me after I speak about it is because I'm a lay person. Like yeah. I'm not a scientist, which, I'm not a technologist. Which is what I want to hear, yeah. And yeah. so I can kind of break it down on stage and people have come up to me and said, okay, I've seen a lot of AI lectures. I actually understood that. That makes sense, right? Because yeah. I try to show how it's going to change this particular industry, residential oil estate. Yeah. But, but I think there's a few ways to sort of, you know, look at it. You know, we've had machine learning for a long time. Right. It was it was this chat GPT explosion, which is like all of a sudden there's AI. Right. Well, right. no, like we've had artificial intelligence or machine learning for a long time. OK. And I think that, you know, that most of the applications going back like the last few decades have been very sort of narrow. Right. Like we're going to teach the machine chess. And we're going to keep iterating and input data, input data, input data. This move means that move. This move means that. Like, and like, it's going to be a world-class chess player, right? To the point where it can beat most humans, maybe not all humans, but most humans, or maybe all humans, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's very narrow, right? Um, I think where we're going now is with AI that really there's no limits into what it can touch and what it can do. I think a lot about the senses. So, you know, we know that you can you can feed it whatever input and it can respond with voice, right? It can actually listen, right? And it can respond. It can see now with ChatGPT Vision, for example, right? So it can see 
and it can react, right? Where are we going? There's no doubt people are working on, on smell and taste. Now, do you guys remember, like, you guys remember during COVID? And I try was, to block it out. <laughs> no, like, it was, it, it blew my mind. They had like dogs, right? Didn't they, they had do like, dogs like, yes. a thousand times the sense yeah. of smell. Yeah. 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 But, like, it blew my mind. Like, dogs could actually smell COVID on someone, right? Or, you know, like, and, and again, I'm butchering this whole thing, right? Because I'm not a scientist, but, but, but <laughs> leaning into that superpower that they have, right? And yeah. so, the superpower of vision, superpower. Well, guess what? Like AI is going to have all of that superpower and we'll be able to, with all of these magnified senses, do things that we can't do. So, so I think like it becomes, you know, it becomes almost everything, right? Where it can do the things that we're doing. And then I think that next level is where it can do things that we can't do, right? So that's like kind of a, like, a, like a sort of super AI, right? So for example, we're, we're just limited in how much we can remember. I don't care who you are. Like at some sure. point, even if you're a super genius, you're just limited in what you can remember. Yeah. You're limited in your GPU. You're limited in what you can process, right? You're limited in the amount of information you can absorb. Theoretically, there are no limits, right, to AI. So it will transcend what we as humans can do. So for example, what, what's a great application of that? Like a great application of that is what they're doing in figuring out the, the treatment to diseases that we haven't figured out yet. Right. right? Because it can run all sorts of environmental scenarios and, and, and probabilities and just like and massive you know, amounts of data input and basically do things at a fraction of a time that we as humans or scientists could do. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I think medical is that a great example of where the advancements from AI will take us to a whole new, I mean, example, I mean, best way to put it is longevity. Like it's going to mm -hmm. help humans sure, live yeah. longer because it's going to figure things out quicker and faster than humans can. Right. I yeah. mean, not to be morbid, like if I go to a doctor, he's not going to tell me right now how I'm going to die. Right. right. Or what's going to be the first, you know, mm -hmm. potential disease to hit me that could cause my morbidity. Right. But that's where we're going. Right. That's absolutely where we're going, where AI is going to be able to predict that so we can get out in front of it. It goes so, my life insurance policy. And, yeah. And it's also about yeah. the treatment as well. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, again, I'm butchering it. I'm not a scientist. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. All right. Let's bring it to real estate. So yeah, how do, you, how can you I, a, I don't yeah. I don't care about when I die. I want to sell more houses, Howard. How do I do that with this yeah. AI thing? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so what we're focusing on, then I talk about things that I think we're going to see in the industry that we're not going to focus on. So that's one thing about about AI, right? Which is it's it's literally it's as wide an application as your imagination. It's you know, and and so I like to think of myself as as like what's the job of a CEO is is to look around the corner. That's that's your job because everyone else is 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 knee deep in the details, doing what they have to do, and you have to look around the corner to see what's coming, right? Right. Having an imagination and being like endless like opportunities, right? So we started on our journey four and a half years ago, literally four and a half years ago, when we launched basically AI texting chatbots. Mm -hmm. And I remember, came, I remember when you did it. Yeah, and it came off of like again machine learning, which was. It, we were training agents going back like a whole nother company ago, right? Tiger Lead. We were training agents like open up your CRM, hit last login, <laughs> look who's logged in the last 12 hours. Send now this. Hit, now hit like times view, like who's looked at a home 12 times versus one time, who's sent a home to their significant yeah. other, 
who's done certain actions where training agents look for those actions. Those are the people you need to reach out to, whether it's yeah. email, text, call, right? And so that was kind of a, a slog, right? But that's what we did. We were learning, we were learning ourselves which leads were hot, right? And li- which leads were just not, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when leads got hot. Well, machines can do that and can in, and can ingest and import a lot more data, a lot more quickly than we can, and mm. could tap us on the shoulder. So we created like years ago, like five years ago, like six years ago, whatever, like these priority alerts. We literally would tap the agents on the shoulder saying, these are the leads that did this because we can process this a lot faster and give it to you. Now go contact them. Now yeah. we still have the last mile of getting them to contact them, right? Um, but 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 that was kind of what we're doing. Then we said, well, what happens if we could actually, while we're waiting for the agent to not contact them, <laughs> you know, sorry, agents, right? Why don't we contact the consumer for them? Mm-hmm. And that's when we started this journey of the, of the texting. So the machine was learning who to text on behalf of the agent as an mm-hmm. assistant to then set the agent up with a live call. And it started off like we were okay, right? You have to start off, I always say you have to start off with it. You got to go from MVP to MVP. What does that mean? I'm going to have MVP to MVP. Go from minimally viable product. It's a, <laughs> it's enough to not completely piss off your customers, but you know they're going to beat the shit out of it and it's going to get better, better, better. And yeah. eventually it's going to become this most valuable product. And that and that for, for the texting AI chatbot took years, right? <laughs> so as an example, one of the things I, I'll show on stage is pretty cool is like, in the early days, we were texting someone about real estate. Hey, you want to go see this home? And the person would be like, um, my dog just died and <laughs> I really don't want to go see it. Like, you know, and then there were all kinds of bad things in people's lives that just happened. Statistically, if you reach out to thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, you are going to hit a percentage, whether it's 1% or whatever it is, on sure. a really bad day in their bad life. Day. That's, that's yeah. being human, right? Yeah. And so we didn't know how to respond to that. Right. We just didn't think about it, didn't know how to respond to it. So that sucked. And so then, you know, the agent is like, what the fuck? Like, what are you I could just see a text going out like, did you want to see this house? And then they're like, my, like, dog, my dog just dog died. died. Like, and yeah, then the default is, the house. yo, congratulations. Would you like to go see it anyway? Yeah. Completely inappropriate <laughs> responses. Yeah. Right. So you learn yeah. from that and you've got to move really quickly on that. So then what's your first, like, what's the next generation of advancement? It's like generic where it can sniff out negative sentiment. Now, it doesn't know the difference between a parent dying, a dog dying, kids sick, whatever it is. It just knows, and it has to keep learning. Like, mm-hmm. you learn this negative, this is a negative thing, this is a negative thing. Negative. It yeah. keeps learning, the machine is learning, right? And so then we like can a have child. a general response, which is, I'm really sorry to hear that. Now, I'm really sorry to hear that can mean your divorce, can mean death, it can mean sick, it can mean whatever. I'm really sorry to hear that. Now, where is it at? Now it's where it's really specific. And this is where we're going, right? With like chat GPT and these, and these large model, models that are just getting larger, right? In, in terms of this, this, like, what is the appropriate response for this specific negative event? So mm-hmm. I play an actual texting conversation that goes back and forth where a woman says, um, you know, basically it's a split up got to get out, got to buy a house on my own, like right away. And I have a disability. And the AI texting chatbot is so much better than any human. <laughs> like we have <laughs> texting from whatever country we have texting them from. And the, the AI chatbot is like, 
well, how does your disability, without asking them what's their disability, how mm. does your disability affect what you're looking for in a home? Mm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so think about where we came from and where we had to go over the over the years of, of all the iterations. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the journey. So we were in a really, really good position where now this explosion of AI, right, and ChatGPT and where we can converse, really converse in a back and forth conversation, right, with AI. And the next step was obviously voice. And um, it's one thing to have cool text conversations. And we've had people who sold $15 million homes that started on text conversations, mm-hmm. right? They, sure. Holy shit. And they pick up, you know, they, they take the appointment, all that. But at some point, you've got to get people on the phone. And, and what's really important to understand here is we're not looking to replace the agent. Because mm. <laughs> I'm not saying you were, to be clear. I'm just laughing because you're you're automating all the things the agent's supposed to be doing, but can't because they're busy or don't because they're not busy and they're scared to. Um, and you're 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 creating, which is a question I was going to ask you, which I won't get to right now. But like, how much of what an agent does are we? Are we essentially are we automating? AIing? Yeah. Are we AIing? Um, yeah. But you know, so I will, I will identify with it. I will tell you, I am not personally wired to get hung up on a hundred times a day. I would fail if my team leader said to me, "You need to make a hundred calls." Because so, like we all shit on agents all the time for like you're not following up, you're not following up, you're not following up. But it really is like a hard job. Oh, like, it's yeah, a tough. No, nobody I'm, likes to be hung up on. Once I said for years, yeah. decades yeah. that I remember, agents. I remember my first company, in my first company, guys. Like I went to the little kitchen, you know, break area, and I was sitting at the literally at the water cooler. And for the first time, we were able to. We were trying to break into school districts, sell to school mm-hmm. districts, right? And I hired a guy who was an inside sale. This guy was a classic inside sales agent. I had never hired one before. I talked to him at the end of the day, you know, four o'clock, when I'm like, so you know, how'd it go today? And he's like, today was awesome. I'm like, oh, cool. Tell me about it. He's like, I made whatever it was. You know, I made 300 calls or whatever. It was like clearly over 100, right? He's like, I got two people that I'm going to have a follow-up conversation with. Not even sales, right? And it was like, I'll never forget that moment, right? Because here's a guy that did what I would never do in a million years, get hung up 98 times and tell you that today was a great day because I made yeah. two strong connections. Yeah, the right. light bulb went off for me, right? Yeah. There are people like that, but they're really hard to find. So you're, you guys have designed AI that does voice and it's freaky deaky. Like, yeah. Uh, can you play an example for us of, I think you've got a couple examples that I've, I've heard you do before. You've got one with a lady that's an actual live, it's a live call between a call center yeah, rep so- and a person. Yeah. So I set up the AI call. I want to play a live, like a, a human to human call. So yeah. we all have call centers, right? Yeah. And we have onshore call centers and we have offshore call centers. Um, this is a offshore call center person. And I want to play it because there's an important lesson there before I play the AI call. Okay. This is not, right. this is, not this, this is the non-AI call. A regular here. call center person was a little bit hard to understand, which is a problem. It's a regular call center person talking to a real consumer. Okay. Hit it. Hit it. Do it. Hello. 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 Oh, she, she sounds fun. And, uh, beep. See your premier agent at here in Colorado. How's it going? Yeah. 
well enough. I said it's good to hear. Yeah, we're actually reaching out because we noticed that you visited one of our site, and we're just curious when you'd like to go in the property that you visited in 30 South J Street and <laughs> Lakewood. Are you still interested? You know what? I'm I'm not I'm not interested. I like that property, but I'm not interested in living in Lakewood. Okay, no. I'm not interested right now in living in Colorado. Ooh, um, she getting revved up. Real sanctimonious assholes in our government and. And our employees. <laughs> so I'm Go young. ahead, angry lady. Speak on it. My house fixed up. I'm going to sell and I'm leaving the stake. Oof. Okay. I'm sorry about that, Jen. No. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Nothing to be sorry about. Okay. No worries. But thank you and have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Okay. So yeah. I'd quit my call. job too, Howard. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> Here's a question. Here's a question. You're an agent. You're an agent, right? You're spending good money on these ISAs, and you get this recording. Okay, like I'm pissed off because although this is a very difficult call, and any of us being human would want to get off the phone with this lady, they missed the world's best listing opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> she totally. literally says on the call, "I'm gonna fix up my house and I'm gonna sell it and get out of the state." Yeah. This human being, being human, just can't wait to get off the call, doesn't even really hear it, and is right. gone. And they right. work to me, and I just missed versus this, you know, like AI will never do that. AI is going to be programmed to never miss that and to say, yeah, yeah, let's get you out of the state. And you're going to talk to James Twiggins because James will fix up your house like nobody else and is going to get you top dollar. Let's talk to James yeah. right now, right? All I right. Get out so of here too. I want to get out of here. Play it. I want to. I want to hear this AI conversation. This is an actual, real conversation between an AI ISA, non-human, and a human. Hi, Logan. Oh, it's Logan. Oh, hi there. This is Jesse, a digital assistant with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate on a recorded line. Jesse's AI. How are you doing today? Um, in all honesty, my friend had just sent me the house and the house, uh, house I was looking at. Okay. And I had to go through all the steps, so I just quickly had filled them out. What did you uh, think about the properties that you saw? <laughs> oh, what the, what the heck? Awesome. Good. There's, uh, I'm just starting out. I'm looking just for like a place I can like grab, fix it up, and then sell it. Uh huh. What time frame did you have in mind? Um, I'm not 100% sure. In all honesty, I just. This is just kind of something new that I wanted to get into. So I'm trying to get an idea of the market and everything. Okay. Yeah, I do understand. There are actually a lot of factors that you need to consider when buying a home. And God, tell you a home Jesse's with selling now. Go ahead. Damn. Jesse. With our realtor who can strategize a game plan. Yeah, I smell yeah. a hot transfer. Please hold on a minute just while I connect you. Okay. Boom. Please. Okay. Right. Holy. So, holy shit. Like, <laughs> that's a goddamn computer doing that. What the hell? So we're obsessing about. Um, I feel like I'm gonna be unemployed. No, no, no. This is the point. I'm totally I just said that intentionally just to rile you up. Years, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to make the dials anymore. By the right. way, like, you're limited by how many dials can be made because you have to pay your your call center people. Yeah. Like it's expensive over time, right? Well, and humans in general and agents specifically are not great at starting conversations, right? They just aren't. Like we're rejection avoidant by nature, right? And, but 
agents are great, like great at having conversations. Like once the conversation is started, they provide so much value, so much information, so much local on the street knowledge. Like they're so valuable. And what an elegant way to have the conversation started by something that is impervious to rejection and then transfer it at the appropriate time when someone's ready to go deeper and agents will be masterful at that. Con- they'll be so good. Yeah. And so, you know, where we're going with this, like I said, is only limited by the imagination. One of the things I think that James will be super excited to kind of hear about is, you know, you know, you guys have talked a lot about um, agents are going to need to, they're going to need to go get buyer agreements, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they're going to need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. We are going to use AI to better train agents on that conversation. Mm-hmm. We can grade them on that conversation. Mm. We can give them, uh, start them off with a easy conversation <laughs> to convince them. We can then give them, try an intermediate level difficulty conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We can give them, so for example, we can say, okay, like you, all my agents on my team are gonna have to like get good at getting these buyer agreements. And we're gonna take you through this course and you're gonna role play. You're gonna role play with AI, mm-hmm. right? And then we're gonna, based on James Dwiggins, you know, scoring chart, we're going to grade you, right? Whatever it is. And it, by the way, we can even use James's voice. Like James could actually- well, that's where I was going to go with the question, by the way. I just like, where, is this going to be something where eventually it has my voice? And then, I mean, we'd already technically deep fake already exists to do that. But like, is that where you're, do you think that's where it's going to go where you're going to have an AI assistant that speaks as you to the consumer and and has a conversation? And I guess my follow-up question because I want to get two in here real fast. Is that is there a point where it goes too far? So, um, you know, there's like this like sort of AI sort of bill of rights that was written. It's not law, but it's kind of a good thing that we look at, which is what's good behavior, right? First off, we're ultra, ultra conservative. Like we only we only will allow AI to talk to consumers who have opted in for that. We will not allow agents to upload some random list of leads and just start AI calling them. Won't do it, right? We are uber, uber compliant. We spend a lot of money with big time attorneys. on. But this no stuff. one's requiring you to do that though, correct? No one's requiring us to do it. But again, my job as a CEO is to look around the corner. It's I'm not, going to happen. It's my going to question happen. was more around like, no, what I'm saying is like, like what's going to happen? Like we identify as a digital assistant, like we're going to identify as a, a, like where are we going here? If you look around the corner, consumers are going to be super uncomfortable with this. And then we're all going to get to the point of 2001 Space Odyssey where it's really normal. Totally. To yeah, in. no. I remember my dad didn't want to get a microwave because he was pretty sure it was going to melt the house, right? And now like most houses have more than one. So, yeah. so you just get man, we're gonna have a lot of we're gonna have a lot of challenges that we're gonna have to get through to get to that space odyssey blade runner you think sort of world. I mean, like we but look, let's use something mundane like Photoshop, right? Like you've been able to Photoshop photos forever, but it hasn't like corrupted the ability to get anything done. Like well, yes, I had people... go ahead. No, I mean, well, I was going to say there's going to be a lot of bad actors. There was, I was going to say like video and photos and audio is like a huge call, issue right? from, you know, people think Trump said this or Biden said that when nobody's going to actually know what's real anymore. Yeah, but they're doing that right now. No one knows what's real right now because they're editing it. 
It's yeah. going to get worse before it gets better is my point. But I so. think AI will actually help. Like you could have an AI that will tell you this video is obviously edited because no, no one speaks in that natural speech pattern. That's developed. There are bad actors, right? Completely in the plaque. There's gray actors. And mm -hmm. then there's white actors, you know, mm -hmm. who are completely, you know, like we are pristine. We will not break any rules, right? So there's mm -hmm. the gray area, which is tough. And you've got, you know, you've got like just people who are absolutely just spammers and scammers and whatever. Like, why is there a do not call list, right? Because people abuse the telephone. Remember mm -hmm. the old fax machine? Like young people don't know the fax machine. Remember the fax machine? Remember how many like random faxes you would get? And you're like, who are these people that got my number? And I remember when it was a scrolling fax machine of paper. That Yeah, yeah. So it clear. doesn't matter like what technology, there's going to be bad actors. And then there'll be legislation that will, you know, knee jerk reaction in a, in a, in a and then way. another government agency to oversee that and so forth and so on. Look, yeah, that's probably. the thing, right? So if you can get out in front of it and just self identify, right, um, then get in front of it because that's going to happen, right? Um, you know, where does it go too far? Like I said, the bad actors are going to take it too far. Now, yeah. the, where is it cool? Where it's cool is. You know, let's say, you know, let's say, Keith, you're like, you know, just this amazing top level, you know, real estate coach, right? Yeah, so far there's, I'm in. There's only mm -hmm. one of you, right? Yeah. But for like, imagine you, and let's say you have literally like 40,000 agents in the country that are in the Keith Robinson, you know, coaching school, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't touch 40,000 agents, which is why you have a fleet of, of 300, you know, or a thousand sub coaches because you have to leverage yourself and like anything else, right? But with AI, if we can combine AI texting, AI voice, and AI video, we can clone your image once, mm. we can clone your voice once, right? And now you can basically have personalized video reach outs and conversations with your coaching students. And you can actually touch 40,000 of them. And that's going to happen. It's mm. just going to happen. And they're going to be okay with it. I mean, I'm really more excited about the internal uses of this. Like, like you know, James, like for the business that, you, that, that, that you've launched, like the internal positive uses for it mm. in terms of helping better train agents with these sure. conversations with consumers where it's role play, where we're not like an annoying and a consumer, where, you know, one day, James, when you have 100,000 employees where you can personally send messages to those 100,000 employees, right? That's a, those are some really positive outcomes. Yeah, yeah. You're right. The psychology of people will shift in time like anything. You get used to people complain when you didn't make a phone call and you texted. It's impersonal, but nobody makes phone calls anymore. Everybody texts, right? right so right. It's, it's a, there's probably a there's probably an adoption of, of time to all of this. I just look down the road and I'm just like, there's going to be so much good. And oh my God, is there going to be so much bad too? Like there's going to yeah. be some wonky shit that comes out of this stuff. Um, just for time's sake, I want to get a couple final questions in here just to, um, just to kind of wrap up the show. You know, where, where should agents start who are reluctant with this? Who are like, I just, I'm scared. This just seems yeah. weird. I'm worried about it doing something with my client that I don't want. Like what, what would you tell agents that are reluctant to embracing any of this stuff right now? Instead right. of just yeah. like, don't start, but like, like what, what's an actual <laughs> conversation that you would have with somebody like, who's, you know, like in terms of communicating with consumers, you know, not everyone's going to be comfortable with AI voice right now. That's natural, right? It's this definitely we're on the, we're in the first batter of the first inning. Like we yeah. just are with the technology, with its capabilities, 
all of that. Remember where we started with AI text? Like, like mm -hmm. we're in those early years. Um, but one thing to understand, we haven't talked about it, but one thing to understand is the progression of this technology, which is also scary, is not linear. It's geometric, it's exponential. Yeah. So, and that's something that's hard for us as humans to get our heads around, the difference between geometric progression and linear projection. So like this AI voice is gonna get so good so quickly, it's like nuts. But if you're not comfortable there, which I understand, you might want to dip your toes in the water with just the AI texting, sure. right? where it's literally just trying to get you on the phone. Or you could literally stop the texting and you could take over the texting yourself, right? Yeah, well, I'll answer too. Like, look, most, you know, you live in this world, Howard, but most agents aren't great at following up with their online leads. Like you want to test voice somewhere, test it with your online leads because you're yeah, not sure. calling them anyway. Right. Like, and that's not like calling your sphere of influence. And uh, let's be honest, 90% of us aren't calling them anyway. So turn it loose on those online lanes. What do you care if it fumbles a little bit? Yeah. Look, look there's just going to be applications and it's going to be really personal in terms of what you're comfortable with. Like, James like, may not be comfortable with the AI voice yet. But if I said to him, hey, we can train your, you visually, we can train your voice, and then we can upload your whole database. Like, you've got, 10,000 leads in your database, right? Of buyers and sellers. We can upload all this and everything that they're, that they're doing every day. And then you can personally have this video that goes out automated to like 10,000 people. And each one is different based upon what they're doing differently, right? What they're looking for differently and all that. And it starts a conversation. He might be like, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Others are not comfortable with that. I, I can't, I got, I, you know, we don't know. But what I can tell you is like, and this is a cliche now, you'll see it in every AI speech, including mine. At the very end, I'm like, this AI is not here to replace the professional. And we're not just talking about real estate agents, accountants, lawyers, doctors. Like it's not yeah. here to replace them. It's mm -hmm. here to make them more insightful, more productive, uh, much more time efficient, like all of that. Like that's what it's going to do. If you just say, I'm not going to do it, I'm not <laughs> going to embrace it, you sure. are going to be a freaking dinosaur. Like imagine you, if imagine you, if an agent said, "I'm, you know what, this email thing, it's too impersonal. I'm just not going to email." Right? How would you have fared over the last 25 years? You'd be out of business. I just tell you, uh, and 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 look, I honestly like I own a social media marketing and AI company, and everybody knows, and it's one of my. It's not such a good thing. Like I'm not on social media. Like I, you know, <laughs> if I'm watching this incredible movie. I'm not doing what everyone else in my family is doing is scrolling Instagram while I'm watching this movie. Like I'm completely focused on one media source, not two or three at the same time. Right? So anyway, I'll let Keith ask the final question. I just have to make a statement. I, I, I worry about a world where AI is generating a video of me with my voice personally to people. And I have absolutely no idea what it's saying. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to state it. Like, I don't see how that doesn't absolutely cause like civil unrest. And I'm going that far because you don't know what's real anymore. You don't. Yeah. And that's, that's a world I freak. I it freaks me out because go down that rabbit hole where nobody trusts anything or anyone or anything at all anymore, because you don't know, like that's a scary world, by the mm -hmm. way, you're starting to even see, you may even see that during this election. All right. Anyways, Keith, take us home. 
So yes, this is a question we ask every guest at the end. If you were an agent or a brokerage, what's the one thing you would implement today to help your business for 2024? So, you know, I'm going to stick with the AI theme. Um, mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about today. I would yep. do, I would do an AI audit basically of my business. Now, what does that mean? I would look at every single aspect of my business mm -hmm. where humans are spending a lot of time, where humans are doing anything that's repetitive, where humans are doing things that, you know, that we know with machine learning that basically AI could do much faster, right? And you need to look at all aspects of your business, right? Mm -hmm. All of it because it's going to actually save you time and it's going to save you money. Right. So that's what I would do, which is, which is, it's is now, you know, can you do the AI audit yourself? Do you need to bring an AI consultant to do it? Like, you know, you need to do it like with a tribe, with your leadership, but there's really no part of your business, um, no department of your business that I wouldn't look at from marketing to finance to operations where I wouldn't start doing this AI audit. And it's all out there to figure out like how can AI apply to all of this? to make us more profitable, more efficient, save us time, make us more money. That's what yeah. I would do, right? Yeah. That's what I would do. I have one more follow-up question. Can we get the phone number for that lady that was leaving Colorado? Because I'd like to know. <laughs> I'd like to know where she lives now and if she's a little happier because she sounded. I can guarantee you it is not Colorado. So hey, I can guarantee uh, you guys, guys, she's still not happy. I listened to a call a few days ago because I get the, the doozies get sent to me. Uh, I was doing it a few days ago, and the husband and wife, the young husband and wife, just <laughs> was so excited to get an AI call, oh. and they just wanted to have fun. They wanted to basically torture the AI. Yeah. And so they were like, "Whoa, what happens?" I, I thought of that. What happens if I'm AI and you're an actual person? And then the our AI bot was like. Well, that would be quite the twist. <laughs> like it was just crazy, you know. <laughs> like he was insane, and the guy was like, "Well, I won't talk to you about real estate until you answer all my questions." And my first question is, "When's the end of the world?" And like he's just going all the like it was just nuts. Like it was really. Oh crazy. my god, that's, that's great. That's the world. That, we're by the way, when I was listening to that, and Keith, I know had the same thought because we have a really warped sense of humor. My brain was, I want to ask this some really weird questions and just see like yeah. how does it respond? And, yeah, like make it very interesting. So. Howard, awesome. um, thank you for being here today. It was very insightful. I'm going to be honest with you. Also scary. And my brain is like a little freaked out by listening to that conversation. Uh, uh, Why am I somewhat I, excited? I mean, I'm I, of course you here. are. Yeah. 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 Um, but genuinely, that was super insightful. Congrats awesome. on all your success. Genuinely, uh, you've, you've, you've been a force in the industry and and uh, I'm scared to see what your your bot does in the next few years. <laughs> yeah, so. good stuff, man. It's going to be all positive stuff. All right, man. We'll look forward to having you back soon. It's an honor so. to be on the show. All right, buddy. Thanks, Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks. It's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves. It's your job to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode.